Hello everyone, Jesse Jackson here. Uh, Today's episode features uh, Jennifer and Dave and their podcast, In the Shadow of the Evening Tree, often discusses LBG uh, topics. And uh, we got into that at the very beginning of the episode. We spent about 15-20 minutes discussing it and then we moved on to their trip to Ireland uh, where they saw Bruce and did explored the Irish countryside. So just want to be aware, I hope everyone listens to our discussion. I think it's an important discussion, but since Set Lusting Bruce usually doesn't get into politics that much, um, I wanted to give you a warning. Um, happy Pride Month, and now let's get on to the episode. One thing I found about getting older, and, and maybe this applied to my dad, maybe not, but one thing I found about getting older is it's a really great thing to just be able to say, hey, I don't know it. There's things I don't know. There's ex- people's experiences I don't understand. And I don't have to be the guy who knows everything. It's actually like a really freeing thing to just go, oh, okay, I didn't know someone who was transgender before one of our nephews came out. He was, the, I knew I knew people who were transgender in terms of six degrees of separation, but in terms of people I personally knew in my life. And then, and then our daughter, it was, I didn't have any, preconceived notions about it, but I didn't know much about it either. And it's a really liberating thing to go, oh, okay, I don't know about it. So I'm going to find out a little bit about Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lessing Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson. Uh, joining me are return guests, but this time they are together. Uh, David and Jennifer are both podcasters. They do a wonderful podcast talking about relationships and a lot of different things that society is currently working on. We had them, I had them on separately. And Dave said, hey, we took a little side trip. Do you want to talk? Can we talk about it? I said, absolutely. So we are going to get to their very fun trip. But in the meantime, ladies first, tell us about yourself. Okay. Hi, everybody. I'm Jennifer and married to David, 29. 29. Uh, And we love music and like to see music venues whenever we can a lot since we're close to Chicago obviously that's been a great place to see people because everyone always comes to Chicago which is great so we always get to see music that we love and enjoy we took up guitar lessons and took lessons at Old Town School of Music we actually didn't know upon the very first class that we took that there was actually going to be recital at the end there was people going to be in the audience and we were like, what? (laughs) So that was frightening, but it was only the audience was other people who were taking classes during that time. So it wasn't like, and family and friends. So it wasn't anything like hundreds of people, but still to be on a stage at old town where we've seen Garland Jeffries, but San cash weird to be on there. So. Oh, oh, and Jake Clemens. We saw Jake Clemens. Nice. We got to talk to him. So that's, exciting so we did dabble on that a little bit to just see if it was something that we could do <laughs> i did not i just want to point out 
I didn't bring my guitar downstairs. It's up in my office. I'll leave it there. <laughs> won't torture anyone. But I do a pretty mean promise, Lynn. <laughs> I was going to ask, what did you guys play on your for your recital? I'm trying to think what the actual well, was. Well, we took a few different classes. Um, yeah. One of them we did, this is arguably the most depressing song ever recorded, the Gary Jules version of the of Mad World. Okay. Oh, I'm blanking on the band who did Mad World originally. I know. It's not, no. Uh, we'll but anyway, and that's a, a relatively easy song. For a beginner guitar. Stand by me. And Stand by me. The fun part about that is it actually sounds like the song. So when you're playing it, you're like, I'm actually playing a song right now yeah. that people would actually recognize. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We played, we took actually three classes. And, and the first one I know we did Stand by Me. And the second one we did Mad World. Yeah. It's the band that did everyone, everyone wants to rule the world. Why can't I think of it? I know. I can't. Anyway, I'm sorry. Okay. But, no, that's uh, okay. <laughs> and that kind of led us on our journey to our trip do his intro and multiple yeah so i'm yeah. dave vonnievers i'm a, a longtime lawyer in the chicago area although mercifully i don't practice law anymore i work for a company that provides content for lawyers and pr practical guidance and so forth so i'm primarily a writer and editor although they still make me be a licensed but anyway in any event i've done that for years we're both from the oak park area i grew up in a suburb called oak park right outside of chicago we actually grew up a mile from it and never knew that we met in a bar <laughs> yeah so it, there's a kind of a springsteen element uh in that before there were dating uh, apps <laughs> but uh, aside from being a very bad guitar player i've been a springsteen fan forever i first saw bruce on the river tour in 1981 when i was a freshman in college at illinois and been followed him ever since. well I was a fan before then. I think you and I talked, Jesse, about the revelation for me was Darkness on the Edge of Town. That was the album that I liked Bruce before that, but that was the album that just blew me away. And I've been a fan ever since. We got married. We actually misspoke. We've been married for 28 years. That's true. It, uh, we got married in 1995. Yes, because it's. I should know that because our oldest is 27. Right. And it's, she was born a year after we right. got married. So. <laughs> And uh, we had, we do a podcast together talking in part about our life and relationship and our kids. It focuses primarily on LGBTQ plus issues. That that podcast is called, and you'll appreciate this, In the Shadow of the Evening Trees, Nod to Bruce Springsteen. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher places, and it's also your website, in the shadow of the evening trees.com. And then I do, because I'm a crazy person, I also do a um I refer to it as a Clash-inspired podcast. Lake County, Illinois' favorite Clash podcast. <laughs> I'm prone to say, so far as I... <laughs> yes, I gave myself an award. That's called 2 Minutes 59. It's not out there in, on many platforms yet, but I have a website, 2.com. And it's all about Clash relating. So I do talk about Bruce. We do need to, because we had talked about that, and then life got in the way of I know very little clash and you said you would we talked about you yes. giving me like a 10 song playlist yeah and then me joining you to talk about that so oh, I yeah. still think we need to do that um, my latest musical obsession is Jason Isbell oh, um, love Jason. I, yeah I just I knew of him and he was coming to Dallas the tickets for where you could sit sold out too quick and I'm an old man I don't stand up for shows yeah, yeah. so i drove down to austin to see him live and so i did my homework right I, I had i had nashville sound and i had reunions um but i had not 
played them on repeat and I bought live from Ryman and Southeastern when I, so I've been on this Jason Isbell blast and my good friend J.B. Clark would make the argument that Elephant is the most depressing song ever in the world. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that would, that's yeah. why I bring him up. Yes, that it's in the discussion. Um, yeah, so, I played Chicago Theater a number of yeah. times in the city. Yeah. Fears for Fears is the band that originally yes. recorded Mad World. Yes. I don't know right. why. I had an old yeah. man moment. I understand. <laughs> Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. We're going to talk about something fun, but I think I with you two on here, I've got to bring up that, you know, People who have a different lifestyle are under attack right now. Yes. Not not that people don't want to don't want them part. It is attacked. You can't just you know as much as we hated "Don't Ask, Don't Tell" for people who truly under understood that just because you have a different sorry, sexual orientation does not mean you can't serve this country and serve this country well. But now then, there is just an anger and mm-hmm. a viciousness. Bud Light gives a little bit of money to someone just to say, I drink the beer. And all of a sudden, yeah. they are Kid Rock is taking a semi-automatic gun and shooting Bud Light cans. Yeah. People yeah. are just 
and I know you cannot answer, but I would love to know y'all's thoughts on why do you think there is so much hate and are there so much attack against people who are just like us, just want to love somebody different? I have some thoughts and I don't mean to. No, um, no I, I want both of you to say, yeah. But I go back and forth on it in my own mind. And part of it is I sometimes I think, and I take comfort in the thought that it's the last gasp of a, a dying movement in a sense, or a dying part of our culture. We've shed other bad parts of our culture over time, sometimes with enormous pain. Finally, jettison slavery. We had a hundred years of Jim Crow after that. Finally passed the Civil Rights Act. And I think I, I recall from history class as a kid, and I, I was a history major in college, but I, I go even going back to high school, I recall my his, one of my history teachers would say that revolutions often happened not when people are the most oppressed, but when the oppressor starts to let up a little bit, and then the exp the public's expectations get higher and they demand more. And when the oppressor tries to clamp down again, they say, no, we're done. And I feel like we've gone through some of that on the issue of LGBTQ rights. I think about in 2004, during the presidential election, the sitting president made or his party made a big deal about trying to fight back against the idea of same-sex marriage. He even suggested at one point that maybe there should be a constitutional amendment that would ban it. And the media bought into this culture war thing. But I recall watching the news the day after the election, and they showed polling. And they were trying to argue that the Democrats really screwed up by supporting same-sex marriage. And the Republicans were smart for opposing it. But the poll results really didn't su didn't support that. They really showed that if you took the number of people who supported civil unions, which a lot of people imagine to be the rough equivalent, and the number of people who supported same-sex marriage outright, those two numbers combined dwarfed the people who opposed legal rec recognition of sex relationship. So even though marriage was a controversial idea, the vast majority of people who voted supported the idea of so it was a shit. It really wasn't necessarily the negative sign that that the media portrayed it to be. And then of course, wasn't very long after that the Obama administration gave its full support for marriage equality and went to the United States Supreme Court and argued in favor of it. And it wasn't much longer after that that Two lawyers, one of whom had represented Al Gore and the other one had represented George W. Bush in the 2000 election contest. Those two lawyers were in front of the United States Supreme Court arguing that same-sex marriage was a constitutional right, and the court accepted that, right? Fast forward a few years, the, the Supreme Court in the Bostic case also ruled that federal laws against sex discrimination also prohibit discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation and sexual identity, not just being gay, but also being transgender or non-binary, right? So the United States Supreme Court just a few years ago endorsed the idea that federal protection against discrimination should apply equally to gay people and lesbian people and bisexual, trans, non-binary, and so forth. So we made an enormous amount of progress from 2004 to, well, I can't recall offhand when the Bostic decision was, 2000, yeah. something like that. And the military has completely changed their approach. You mentioned Don't Ask, Don't Tell. They've gone even 
further than a lot of private institutions. Yeah. So I do feel, and I know I'm going on and I apologize. No, 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 that's okay. I do feel like some of it is just that. It's the last guess. But but at the same time, there's a viciousness, you point out. And while ultimately I think that the people who want to keep LGBTQ plus people down, ultimately I think they lose. They will lose. But in the meantime, a lot of harm happens. I don't want to be overly morbid or overly serious. We have people in the community taking their own lives. We have people in the community who whose family relate, lose the support system of their own family. So there's an I I am I have some feelings of optimism in terms of the long term, but in the short term, these folks can do tremendous harm to innocent people. And I think that we're hyper aware of that because our old and seven, her partner's transgender also. And it's just like anytime that can be specific, we know that she, because obviously right. she, it's online and everything like that. And so it's heartbreaking to feel like you going out, especially like when she was transitioning, like being afraid to go out in public because what are people going to just, are they going to stare? Are they going to wonder what's going on? Are they going to ask questions like that? So that was, we were trying, we're always supported from day one. So that was never an issue for that. And she came out when she was two, but just like when he, I think for the most part, people just don't understand. Don't understand. And so when they don't understand they attack it because they have no, a, if you ask them the definite gender, they probably could, yeah. but they know I hate transgender. And you're just like, okay, but how, why? <laughs> kind of thing and just having the especially for like younger children to be able to express themselves at an earlier age instead of waiting to an adult to say this is who I am because they're afraid of the repercussion what bathroom am I going to be able to use can I play a sport and all that is just heartbreaking and it should be like fair for everybody yeah I I really agree and you know the idea right it it's just the propaganda right that what it is we've got crazy guys that just want to be in the woman's bathroom or people um they can't cut it in men's athletics so that way they're going to compete in women's athletics right these outlandish outliers versus just really and it makes me very upset and jump ahead guys if this if you're and i'm going to put a disclaimer in case anyone doesn't want to hear us get serious but i i was raised in a southern baptist home and there certainly was the biases of a very conservative Christian home, but there was always a sense of kindness and love in there. And and I find myself having my own prejudices that when I see someone in a community I'm part of, let's say podcasting, and the person is being very vocal about their Christianity, I almost go, nope, don't want them in my podcast, which yeah. is horrible. But unfortunately, and I say this to because I don't think unless you acknowledge your own weaknesses, you can't get better, is my worry is, unfortunately, the radical right has colored people, painted people, I guess is a better word, of certain faiths in a bad light. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, you know, that uh, it's an interesting thing. So I was raised Catholic. And yeah. I'm one of 11 kids. My yeah. my, my mother, God bless her, my sainted yeah. Irish mother. <laughs> yes. Family hails from County Sligo, where, which we can talk about because we were up there for part of our trip. But uh, but I was fortunate. My parents 
we're pretty open-minded. We all, you said something a moment ago, we all have prejudice. And every one of us, no matter how good we think we are, and no matter how unprejudiced we think we are, we have them. And we do have to confront them and challenge them. But I, it was an extraordinary thing. So when I was very little, my father got involved trying to, we lived in a suburb and it was an almost all white suburb. And my father got involved in trying to integrate the public schools. And he, in fact, wrote the first diversity policy for our public schools in Oak Park. He and a colleague. This was back in 1972. It was implemented in 1973. So we're talking about 50 years ago. And then, and so I knew all about that. And I was, needless to say, proud of him for having done that. Then you fast forward into the early 1980s. And in our local high school, there was, they had a similar diversity policy. And there was a whole discussion about whether or not to expand the existing diversity policy to encompass sexual oriented gender identity. And my dad, my old man, product of the Great Depression, World War II combat veteran, went down to this public meeting at the high school and got up and spoke in favor of expanding that policy. This is something he and I had never had a conversation. Not that I necessarily had any preconceived notions about what he thought, but I guess the thing that strikes me is that one thing I found about getting older, and, and maybe this applied to my dad, and maybe not, but one thing I found about getting older is it's a really great thing to just be able to say, hey, I don't know. There's things I don't know. There's ex- people's experiences I don't understand. And I don't have to be the guy who knows everything. It's actually like a really freeing thing to just go, oh, okay, I didn't know someone who was transgender before one of our nephews came out. He was... The- I knew I knew people who were transgender in terms of six degrees of separation, but in terms of people I personally knew in my life, then and then our daughter, it was I didn't have any preconceived notions about it, but I didn't know much about it either. And it's a really liberating thing to go, oh, okay, I don't know about, it, so I'm going to find out a little bit about. It. And yeah. it's a totally cool thing, and it feels good to just be able to say, hey, I don't have to be. We always want to pretend we're the smartest person in the room. You don't have to be the smartest person. Let somebody else be that. And you shut up and listen sometimes. Right. I don't mean you, Jesse. No, I exactly know what you do. All right, we're going to move to Bruce, but I want to give Jennifer a chance. Anything yeah, you want to share? Anything um, you want to share on the topic? And then we're going to skip over to Bruce. Yeah, I just think that, especially like June 1st is Pride Month starting for people who want to get involved. It's one thing to say you're an ally, but if you do that in the comfort of your home without ever doing anything specifically for it, and it could be anything. It could, I have a coworker, a former coworker whose son is transgender and almost got in a fight going into the bathroom that they were allowed to go into and everything. An ally can be like stepping up for that person and saying, hey, this is wrong kind of thing. And just pointing things out and stepping up for people who are vulnerable. We're totally proud of our daughter. She's amazing and doing great and making great strides. So we could not be prouder of her. We just saw her last weekend and just doing great. And that's all we really want. Any parent wants for their child. But then obviously when you've got that layered on top, there's just like another level of like, you just feel like nervous for them that you just want them to be able to live their life and enjoy it like we do. I am really glad we're talking about this because Pride Month is coming up and it is really easy to change your icon on Facebook and to do these things like putting the flag out on Memorial Day. Um, And and there are things you can do. And uh, I'm sure 
there is a list of them. And I know that one thing I am going to do is I have a regular bookmarked on my two senators, which are arguably two of the worst <laughs> senators from Texas, our governor, my congressman, and I'm going to send them an email saying we should be more supportive of LBGQ rights. And uh, all those people together collectively doing that, then people will start to listen. Yeah, I absolutely. All right. So you guys took a trip. So Jennifer, start out. Why did you guys, because I know Dave, Dave is like me. Linda, Linda looks at me like everyone's, can I talk? Yes. So I'm going to start with Jennifer. Why did you guys decide to take a vacation? And was it just to see Bruce or was that an extra bonus? It was definitely an extra bonus, but it was that was the catalyst for going because we knew that when he was going to go on tour again, that we were going to try to get tickets. We had just gotten back from Ireland like the year last year that in May and the tickets went on sale during May for the European tour. And David came up to my office. What? what if we try to get tickets to Bruce Springsteen in Ireland and also the tickets go on sale tonight and we have to stay up till two o'clock in the morning because the tickets go on sale at eight o'clock in the morning on Ireland time. Would you want to do that? And without hesitation, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> we had no idea. Like, That's how no, we roll. <laughs> it is. In fact, on our trip, we're like, we can't believe we made this happen. But the hard part was obviously staying up late. That was the first part. But then just to, make that decision and get online and get excited about it. But then we didn't want to be disappointed with not being able to get tickets. So we got on the queue, we were waiting. And so originally there was only two shows in Ireland and then they ended up opening a third show. We got in the third show, which we didn't even know until we got the confirmation of the tickets. It's like, oh, there's a third show. So it's on a Tuesday because he performed on Friday. It was Friday, right? Yeah. Sunday mm-hmm. and Tuesday. So yeah. a break in between. We did not run into him in Ireland. So that was yeah. a bummer. Sadly. Yes. So that was there. But then once our the queue started, there's thousands of people in that queue. And you see that number going down and down. It literally took 40 minutes for to, and then all of a sudden it popped up, get your tickets. Although in what you were talking about, you're not standing for things. Also, there was all the seats were taken and it was stand only. So we didn't even think about it. We're like, let's just get, we'll take it and we'll see what happens. It was a less standing. (laughs) Our legs hurt, (laughs) but it was definitely worth it. And so we were able to get the tickets relatively easy. I mean, it was a process, but we got the last thing. So you could tell them about like how, when we got to the stadium, when we got to yeah. Yeah. Well, First of all, I have to point out, as a fellow old man, you'll appreciate this. I should have called up the Guinness people <laughs> because I'm pretty sure I set an old man record for not using the bathroom for five hours. <laughs> <laughs> that got- is always my worry, too. I know. Once yeah. we got settled in, we didn't have we any, not we didn't, we're not, we're like, we're not drinking. We're not doing anything. We stood there for, waited two hours for the show to start, obviously the whole concert, but you're so packed in. We said to each other, we're not going, we're not going to the bathroom. It was a little bit, so it was, so the stadium, it was, it's the Royal Dublin Society Arena, RDS Arena, and it's in kind of the residential neighborhood in Dublin. And we were staying a few miles away, maybe three miles away at a hotel called the Cassidy Hotel, which is north of the River Liffey. If you're familiar at all with Dublin, the River Liffey 
divides the city center between north and, and the south is a little bit more fun and the north side of the river is a little bit more this won't make sense to people but i think of it as a lot like michigan avenue in chicago a lot of shops but it's a little more old timey as opposed to the, the more youthful south of the river anyway so we took public transportation to, we took a double decker we bus, took a double decker which is bus. that one thing i wanted to try on there and and I'm like, can we sit on, sit on the top? <laughs> Which we did. And then somebody who was in the front, like a few, maybe a few blocks down, got up and left. And so I was told Dave, I'm like, let's get up and sit in front. So we were the very front on the right. top, almost like we're driving the bus because everything's like really high up and everything. So that was. And be, because it's in a residential neighborhood, they, you know, you could, I mean, we had rented a car, but we'd already dropped it off by the time we got to Dublin. Long story behind that. But. They told you to take public transportation because it's in a residential neighborhood and they were going to close down the area around the stadium. And they also said, they said, so the gates opened at five and the show started at seven. But they said conflicting things. Don't queue up in front of the stadium because we don't want to disturb our neighbors. But then they also said, get, get there it, early enough get to get early. in. So yeah. I was like, let's just try to get yeah. there at five. Right. Yeah. yeah. And we actually ended up getting off the bus a few blocks before because people who we had taken the bus with, like from our yeah. hotel, we were all we were talking about it, whatever. They're like, the traffic was getting more back to back. And so we ended up getting up and walking the rest of the day, which was a great tip because we... I ended up buying a poncho, even though I had like a jacket on the weather. We kept on looking at the weather. It's outdoors. Of course, if it rains, we're going to be in it, you know, kind of thing. So they were selling ponchos for only five euros. So I'm like, I'm taking a poncho, which we did need because it did rain yes. for like an hour yeah. after we got in there. It was like blue sky here, really cloudy over here. And then it just went through. But what by the time the concert started, it, it was beautiful. So we get off the bus and we walk the last few blocks. And we get to the gate where we're going. So when we bought the tickets, it was standing room only. And we knew that. So we were going to be on the field. This is a, a stadium where they have like equestrian events and they have soccer and stuff like that. So we were picturing being somewhere maybe in the middle to the, of the field to the very, very back yeah. of yes. the field. We couldn't yes. really picture it. We get there and we got through the gate real quick, just a few minutes. And we had to have the tickets on our phone. They scanned the tickets. We go in and there's a woman sitting there with wristbands. And she says, do you want wristbands to get into the pit? And in my mind, I'm thinking like Nirvana 1995, yeah. like a mosh pit. Yeah. Oh, I, that's a terrible thing to say. I said Nirvana in 90. I don't know what you said. Yes. Kurt, Kurt Cobain sadly had left us by the yes. anyway. Yeah. But anyway, that's what I'm picturing. So I jokingly said to the one, I go, oh, we might be a little too old for the pit. And she's like, very seriously said, no, take a wristband. So we go through the gate. We use the restroom. That was the last time for many hours. There's like a food court set up. We go into the actual gate into the arena. And we're maybe 10 yards from the stage. Wow. How did it happen? How can we actually get this Because of the wristbands. Yeah. And I'm like, I am not moving. I'm not leaving. I'm not getting anything to eat. I'm not going to the bathroom. I'm not getting a drink. I'm not losing this spot. And we did it. We stayed there for the whole two hours. It was probably like two hours and 15 before he started. And yeah, just crazy because then obviously as it gets closer, you get those people who out yeah, of nowhere awesome. are like coming in and like yeah. trying to sit in front of you. And you're like, I am, I'm five two. I'm sorry, I've been standing here for two hours. You have to get behind me. You're way exactly. taller. Exactly. Kind of thing. So I was getting a little tough with some people. <laughs> so there was a there was another couple near yeah. us, and this little she was probably roughly yeah. our age, this little bit older Irish woman. 
kept some people in check for us, <laughs> which was Awesome. Like, nice thing for her to do. Yeah. So you made me laugh because I had forgotten this. 2002, my first Bruce show, we were going to the American Airlines Arena here in Dallas. And it was Linda and I and two of our closest friends, Denise and Andrea, their sister. And so we had horrible seats, like all the way at the top, right? Yeah. And so we're there and Linda's, we're going to get a beer. Do you want anything? Nope. You don't even want a Diet Coke? Nope, I don't want to go to the bathroom. I went to the bathroom first and relieved everything I could. Right? Like, yeah. I, like, like I need this bladder to be totally empty. Yeah. And then, and so yes, I applaud your decision. And there is, I've never been in the pit, but I've had enough fans on the podcast to say that overall there is a sense of community yeah. that kind of oh, says, sure. "Nope, you, I know you were here and." You, I was there and we're going to hang together. So that's exactly. great. Yeah. yeah. And obviously people who were in front of us, if they left, we knew when they were coming back, yeah. you've been here with us. So for that yeah. kind of thing, for sure. But we ended up having this like unbelievable seat. I mean, I'd never I've gotten at any concert yeah. I've ever been to yeah. kind of thing. And so that was unbelievable because just to walk in the arena and we just looked at it like, that's the stage. Like that. Yeah. You, you couldn't, you couldn't believe it. it. You know, you couldn't thing. believe it. And occasionally we were on like the the left side or his right side and everything. He did come over to yeah, our side. Yeah, you know, there's a um, walkway on either yeah. side. And thing. And it, we'll have to send you pictures because it's just to have it like take a picture from your phone and that's close up of Bruce Springsteen. That's oh, beyond, I, please beyond anything. Um, had you guys studied the set list beforehand? Did you kind of know? Okay. So no, you guys. I wanted to go in fresh. Okay. And I knew there was some... It seems like there may have been some controversy, people complaining that he didn't mix it up. I'm like, By what do way, I care? I hadn't seen him since 2000. <laughs> it's been so, 23 years since I saw Bruce Springsteen. Like, I cared whether or not he mixed yeah. it up. And are people, were people saying that going to multiple concerts, thinking, like, you have yeah. to perform for me a different yes. set? Because I was yes. just at- absolutely. Okay. That is a little bit. And I will take their side. The side is in the past, that's what he's done. Sure. In the modern sure. tour, he has not so far. By the way, for those of you who are listening and are not watching this, while we were discussing the political, their cat left the room. Yes, yes. <laughs> she, she, had, did. she had no interest. Right. She's. I've heard mom and dad talk about this way too often. Yes. I got to yes. go. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and now then that we are talking Bruce, she has joined <laughs> us again. Yes. I it's like, okay. Now then I can join you. Right. This conversation I like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It is funny how they sense, and I dogs are this way too. They absolutely sense if you get a little tense, if you're if the pitch of your voice goes up a little bit. They Not by here. the way, I should point out they don't like my guitar playing either. <laughs> They'll both um, if I pick up a guitar. All right. So you go into it blind. Tell me about the show. What did you guys think? I thought I, since it was my first concert, I said it was my first concert, not my first concert ever, yeah. my first concert. I just went in with no expectations that I knew it was going to be fabulous. It was. I love Jake Clemens. I think that besides um, Bruce, just because I love saxophone so much and obviously Clarence Clemens was amazing. And anytime you see, they did show a video of Clarence playing on the video thing and you just get sad about that but it's just and yeah. at the very end i might get teary just talking about it like <laughs> the very end when they all say goodbye and everything like that yeah. bruce 
is hugging everybody. And when he comes to Jake, he hugged him for like a minute. I, yeah. It was just like so sweet. And I'm, yeah, I'm getting it for <laughs> Yeah. There's definitely a special bond there. So that's an interesting thing too. So I have not seen Springsteen since 2000. I saw him in St. Louis. And so I didn't know whether or not they would play 10th Avenue Frieza because obviously that's the song about the big man joining the band, right? Sure. Uh, so they did. And it was cool. Obviously, I love seeing Jake play. I, I mentioned, I, I don't know if this before we start recording or not, but we saw Jake with his own band. He actually opened for Garland Jeffries, who's a real cool artist I've mentioned before, several years ago here in Chicago. And we got a, a few minutes to chat with him after the show. We got a picture with him. We got a picture with him. So it was really neat to see the bond between Bruce and him. And I love the way they did it, where it was a, a, it was an homage to, to Clarence and to Danny. And I thought that was really touching nice. because it, it was. It also really broke my heart when Danny Federici died. And there's a video out there of, I think it was shot in Indianapolis where they play Sandy and he plays the accordion and everyone knows that's going to be his last time playing with the band. Yeah, It's one of the most beautiful and saddest things I've ever seen. And it really is. And this started in the Wrecking Ball tour where um, when they would do 10th Avenue Freeze Out, they would stop. When the big man joined the band, and they would stop. And there were these picture of Clarence, and the crowd would go crazy. And since then, every tour, when they do 10th Avenue, they play that video montage of Clarence yeah. and Danny yeah. and sharing that. And it does, it is a good, I think it's a very wonderful tribute to those that have gone beyond yeah. and as he said they they don't leave the east street band they are always mm -hmm. part of that so yeah thank you that's great um the other thing i like i loved about it and i'm sure this is like this at every bruce concert is everyone sings every song out loud as loud as they can so that was also yeah. fun to me because i wasn't expecting that so much kind of thing i, I should have warned you <laughs> And I was mad that I didn't know the words to all the songs because I also would have part, I put partaken in that. But I appreciated that you really know that you have the most loyal fans when it doesn't matter what he's going to play. I know every word. I'm going to sing at the top of my lungs and it's the best time ever. So that kind of atmosphere, in addition to that, it didn't take anything away from the music, obviously, because that was much louder. But I just appreciated that so many people were just like belting it out. <laughs> How many of the songs do you feel you knew, Jennifer? Oh, I probably knew over half the songs. And then okay. David had mentioned when we got back that we looked up is, and you probably know this too, on his website, we can actually listen to the concert from Ireland on the day that we were there, start to finish, and we can actually purchase it for download. And yeah. it has a list and everything. So cool too, just to have that memory of just what that, and my wristband is already in my scrapbook. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. So any highlights, and then I'm going to hear that same, ask you the same questions, David, but any highlights, Jennifer, of songs that stood out specifically? I'm trying to think. There was the one song that was the lost, and I I can't remember it. Uh, uh, um, was it a more jazzy kind yes. of thing? Kitty's Back. Kitty's Back, yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah, that was phenomenal. And then, of course, I love the ones that the saxophone and the horns are, because that's my favorite 
and any band, if there's a horn section, that's my ultimate favorite. And I love that part so much. That was also good. Patty Skialfa was not there. So we didn't, weren't sure why she wasn't there. And then was there somebody else? Maybe not. No, but that may have been why they didn't play If I Should Fall Behind. I don't know I if they still do So Patty was on the very first night of the tour. And I do not think she has played since. Now, there was a couple weeks ago, it went viral, right, of Michelle Obama and Patty. Yeah. And Kate Capshaw, yes. right. Steven Spielberg, all go on stage right. to sing. And there's the Steven Spielberg and President Obama looking proud husbands. <laughs> hey, look at what my wives are doing. So, yeah. I And... There is speculation on that. I like to think that she's staying at home being a grandma. <laughs> that, you know, yeah. because they have a new grandson. Right. But yeah. Um, and you don't know, like, her stamina may not be what it used to be. So it could be a number of things like that. We were just surprised that we were a- able to stand that long. <laughs> yes. And one of my friends from high school was actually going to see him in Paris the following week. And the first thing she said to me is like, how was the standing? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. it's a lot. <laughs> it was a lot. Yeah. It was a lot. Now, did you get to, before I'm going to get to your concert memories, but did you have to walk the three miles to the hotel or were you able to get a bus? We, we walked actually back. walked, ended up good walking. Good question. Oh, no. <laughs> we, it wasn't planned. We'd asked the hotel, is it hard to get the bus back? And they're like, no, which it isn't. There's the bus stop and everything. But what they didn't know is like the first five blocks are blocked off. So just the masses of people can just swarm yeah. out. When we got to the first bus stop, it was so packed. There, We would have waited there forever. So let's just keep walking to the next one. We saw a bus come by that was... One. packed one one bus and so yeah, we just kept on walking to the next bus stop and the next thing you know we're like getting so far and we're like looking at our phone i'm like you know what i think we can make it and then our biggest tip for travelers if you're walking we walk everywhere when we travel just find the nearest hotel they've got nice bathrooms <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> well I, and i gotta tell you part of it was i'm sitting here after five hours and we're walking yeah. back and i'm thinking to myself do i really want to sit on a bus, very slow moving bus, For an creeping hour. <laughs> through traffic. And it'll probably take us a l- as long to get back to the hotel as if we walk. Yeah. So that was part of the calculation. And we finally stopped in at a Westin and they had a, be- a beautiful, to quote George Costanza, flush like a jet engine. <laughs> beautiful facilities. And uh, that was. Is that you couldn't use the bathroom after the concert because they were rushing people yeah, out to sure. the street. So. Yeah. Our plan of doing that was out the window, plus, but we survived. Plus, not to be gross, but, the, but for the guys, it was like the trough situation. Yes, like when I, I was get a, you. When I was a kid going to Wrigley Field in the old days, yeah. that's what it was like. And yeah. now, listen, I'm good. <laughs> any, any, any port in a storm, as the saying goes. Very nice. Just the same. Not All my right. personal favorites. All right, Dave. I want to say that after that, by the time we got to our hotel and then got back, I think we had walked cumulatively of what we walked that day, almost like nine miles that yeah, day. Yeah, so that was crazy. It was a lot. I know you were tired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. How about you? Highlights? Any favorite songs that stand out? Yeah. For one thing, I like the fact, and I anticipated this, even though I didn't look it up. I like the fact that he opened with My Love Will Not Let You Down, because that was what he opened with on the 2000 tour, which was the last time oh, I saw him. I didn't know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. And then... He went right into Death to My Hometown, which is uh, it's a cool song, and the audience reacted to me. And it and has then, an Irish tint. 
I think yeah. that's my hometown. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And then he played, I got to just have to say, he played, they played No Surrender and Steve had a, a Ukrainian flag colored Stratocaster, which the was not lost on the crowd. They were very yes. enthusiastic. But aside from those things, he did a phenomenal version of Johnny 99. Speaking of Nebraska, we were talking about a little while ago. Uh, that was the only song he did off Nebraska. I was hoping for Atlantic City, which is one of my absolute favorite songs. But Johnny 99 is great. He it's, That was really cool. Kitty's Back was great. And he also played E Street Shuffle, which I didn't really expect. So but that, was that a nice had thing. a little bit of the horns back and forth too, yeah. and the drum percussion back and forth on that. Right. Yes. Yeah. He only did one song off the solo album. He did Night Shift, but that was nice because it really let him feature the background singers. Yes. Especially Curtis King. So I, I like that a lot. And I will say, controversy or not, I, I really enjoy the solo album. I just did. Yeah, he played Letter to You. He played Last Man Standing, of course. And that was really a nice moment, too, because I think about this, although I'm not quite in the same situation, but we still get together, not infrequently. The group of knuckleheads I hung out with in high school and college. And the the background of Last Man Standing is he had one of his friends passed away, and it was the last of his yes. group of close-knit friends. And thank God, at this point, I you know, we don't have to deal with that yet. We're, we're yeah. all still here, but we look at each other every time we get together, and it's, man, we're old. We're <laughs> yeah. just old. It is, yeah, I, the, there is a very small percentage of fans out there, but they are loud on social media, is that basically the set list is the same set list with three or four variables. Most of the time, they start with no surrender, and they end with I'll see you in my dreams, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so they've shuffled it around a little bit. There's three or four songs. He was doing another song from the Soul album. They've dropped that and Mary's Place has been put in its place. And little Steven has said, we are telling a story this time. This is not your standard rock and roll concert. Um, I, I believe, and I hate to use the cliche first world problems, but yes, I get it. If you bought six tickets for the European show, you're now seeing almost the same show every time. Yes. And I could understand you being disappointed, but not angry. Yeah. I don't yeah. I don't understand that. And some people are taking it that Bruce is doing this to me. And, <laughs> and I've apology. <laughs> yes. And it yes, that is how they feel. And I say with only Sartley slight sarcasm i have heard pet sounds album hundreds of times i'm never disappointed that there's it doesn't change i have yeah, watched right. casablanca hundreds yeah. of times right. i'm never disappointed that casablanca changes <laughs> doesn't exactly. change i i get being disappointed but it is what it is now the only thing i think you have a case is you talked about you can download the shows nugs offered a 20 percent discount if you bought all the shows at one time yeah. oh. in advance okay <laughs> so yeah that then i okay i did not need 15 yeah. shows that are the same show right. with right. only right. two or three changes those exactly. i i get a little right i will say from the perspective of a single concert it was what you'd expect. He played a handful of songs from Letter to You, the last album with the full band. Yeah. The rest of it was 
a retrospective of his career. What I thought was interesting is he did not really play anything from that 1980s, 90s period where they were basically just solo records. He didn't play anything from Tunnel of Love, Lucky Town, Human Touch, Ghost of Time right. Joe. I would have loved to hear Ghost of Time Joe. Yes. Another song I can butcher on the guitar, but, <laughs> yes. but I don't really Tom Morello guitar solo. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and I think the other thing that was fun since we were in Ireland and the, the last concert of seeing him, them, him on social media, especially like Instagram, where he was in Ireland every day. And yeah. Ireland loves Bruce. Yeah. Not that any country doesn't, but I mean, the yes. outpouring of love and support for him there was just insane. Yeah. And to see him like at a pub or going to the cattle the book of cows and getting his picture taken there and stuff like that. It, yeah. People just went nuts over that. And, and he did, he, he did. I think he did it for me. He went to see Shane McGowan, the now former lead singer of, I, I don't know. I shouldn't say former the lead singer of the Pogues, who's not yeah. in particularly good health. And yeah. they don't really perform much anymore. By the way, I should also give a play. Joe Strummer for a period of years filled in from, for Shane McGowan when he was, indisposed in one way or another but he went to see shane mcgowan and that kind of warmed the it warmed my cold dead heart <laughs> to see him hanging out with shane and the mutual admiration between them was neat yeah but it yeah. was a good retrospective and he did he did throw some things in there that you wouldn't necessarily like he played she's the one which that's a song for diehard bruce fan. that's from from born to run right. i remember seeing him play but 1981, he played. He started out playing the the, the Buddy Holly song, not Fade yeah. Away. And then it builds and it builds, and all of a sudden the keyboards come in and they go into "She's the One." Says so the same kind of Bo Diddley beat. Yes. And the crowd just loses their mind. <laughs> and so he played that, and I just to me that was like that was for us old timers. That was just a really nice touch. Yeah, I. I saw three shows. I saw Dallas, Houston, and Austin. I had tickets for Tulsa, got COVID, had to miss. And the shows were almost the same. There was, this was when they were losing a lot of band members for COVID. And like on the Dallas show, Little Steven and Susie weren't in. They both had COVID. Oh. So um, they didn't change the set list very much, but they did do... He did say, this is for you, Dallas, and he did the Detroit medley, oh, which oh, I had never heard, which was a nice thing. That's awesome. Uh, when in Houston, no, and yeah, and um, in Austin, I think, yeah, Austin, he said, Jake is not here. He has COVID. He is in the hotel eating burgers and watching porn. <laughs> and Not our little Jake. I <laughs> know. Like, and uh, the, uh, so we had... Eddie O'Banion stood up and they they made a big introduction to Eddie and he all the saxophone parts that Jake would have done he did which was really nice because Eddie O'Banion has been a long time he's been on the south of Johnny and all that stuff so it was great um Houston and Austin both got if I was the pre which I was very happy that's a rarity um but yeah what was hilarious is this was only my wife's third or fourth show and my son's third and and i have said i am not a big fan of kitty's back just don't care for it okay okay You're so, yeah we get back from dallas we we're 
it's our home stadium. So we get back to the house. It's like one in the morning. I, because I'm a podcaster, I go, I owe Kitty's back the biggest apology ever. Yeah. <laughs> After watching that, I am so sorry. It was like you're, you you almost said, were, yeah, we, you were transported into a jazz club all of a sudden. Yeah. And, uh, and the guys from Numb with the Brave podcast brought up a good point. They said the E Street Shovel and Kitty's Back give Bruce a chance to rest. Yo, for sure. <laughs> because, right, that he, he doesn't have to sing. He doesn't have to play. Now, he isn't sitting at a chair, but he is. Right. So I thought that was great. That's what I kept on thinking when I was, like, shifting, like, weight from one leg to another. Yeah. Like that thing. If Bruce can be up here and do this over and over again don't do not complain you can get you got this it's it's funny you say it gave him a chance to rest because i observed this in person but i read an interview with steve van zandt where he talked about how bruce will play he'll put a capo on his guitar shifts the whole thing up a step or two and steven will play without the capo and it's a little bit of a cheat because it means he doesn't have to play as many bar chords because (laughs) Because the capo takes the place of his index finger on those bar <laughs> chords. And I was watching on a couple of his guitars. Now, listen, he's a great guitar player. Yes, absolutely. And, uh, Should we tell him the part? So there, at one part, which was the funniest part of the show, he's just talking to the audience and he has his guitar yeah. over and then he, he puts, puts his, his jacket, jacket on and he's zipping up his jacket and everyone's like, your guitar's in your... And he like doesn't even realize that he's, he's trying to get the guitar jacket. around him. <laughs> trying to do this he goes this is something you do in the bathroom by accident He's by like, yourself like, yeah so you unzip his jacket take it off take his guitar off put the <laughs> so everything because people in the audience are like you're not going to be able to play your guitar and i can't remember exactly but i think that was the lead into johnny 99 and then he's he starts playing the the chords from johnny 99 yeah. and goes into that song by the way i just have to say because i love nebraska and i love that song if and I know you've heard it because I think I may have mentioned it before too. Yeah. But for people listening, if you've never heard the Johnny Cash cover of Johnny 99, it will absolutely give you chill. It is one of the coolest covers of any artist ever recorded. Yeah. I Linda was asking, I was telling her that I was going to talk about Nebraska. And no, we were talking about cover songs. I had a group of people and we discusses what our some of the best cover songs and and i mentioned highway patrolman and linda said i don't know that song and i said oh let me do you want to hear the johnny cash version or the bruce version she goes i will always pick johnny cash over bruce (laughs) i said i understand and yes i i love johnny doing that and i love that roseanne cash in that book with warren's zane's book talks about hearing nebraska and sharing it with her dad and yeah, absolutely great. What else did you guys do on the trip? Oh, so man. when we first got there, we <laughs> was epic. we flew into Dublin. We rented a car. We drove about two and a half hours to Sligo, which is where David's mom's family's from. And that was the other purpose of the trip. That part of Ireland that we didn't get to. Fantastic. It was, I didn't expect it to be, I knew it was going to be beautiful, but it was just like, just stunning to be able to drive through. We thought it. At some point, we could just like drive and pull off to the road, take pictures. It's too fast traffic for that. So it's just like a highway. So it's not like 
I was picturing it like more rural that you can just be like, let's just pull off and take sure. pictures mountains and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But just being able to see the spring and everything green and the-, the thing about Ireland, which, you know, I know objectively, but I can't really picture in my head is that it's a really small country. It it's is. like smaller than the state of Illinois, not by yeah. much, but yeah. so from Dublin, everything is two and a half hours away maximum. Yeah, it's like equivalent to us driving to our daughter's university when we go visit right. her. So it's right. kind of yeah. when you think in that kind of perspective, then any which way you go from Dublin, we, it's going to be shorter than that. It's oh, I, this is we did. Uh, we have to point out we did drive manual transmission. We did. So that's we both do and have for a long time, but it's been a few years. And you're also, of course, driving on the other side of the road. So that was a little bit of a comedy of errors, although we actually in the end, we did really well. We did. And actually, did- the. Oh, go ahead. So does that mean you have to use your left hand to shift? Yeah, and I'm, yes. I'm, we're both right-handed, so you're using yeah. your non-dominant hand to shift. Thank God the pedals are in the same place. That's okay. Really and before we went, I right? had a vision of if it's too hard, like I'll shift while he does, does like, it better. No, 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 no. Um, yeah, but they, there's a lot of roundabouts there, but we actually in Gurney where we live, there's roundabouts here. So I'm from, we both are familiar with them, but it, it's like you're driving 60 miles an hour and then you got to slow down to nothing to go to the roundabout and then go fast and then slow. Yeah. And that was the hard part. It was coming out of the roundabout with all of the locals behind you and you're desperately trying to get from to second to third to fourth to fifth and yeah. on more than one occasion i went from second to first and, uh, <laughs> yes oh so, absolutely yeah that's so that great. Part was before we went to, we stayed at the clayton hotel this was up Flag in Flagler. yeah and beforehand i dm'd their instagram account and i'm like we're coming kind of thing and they're like can't wait to see you and kind of thing so since we'd gotten there so early in the morning and then drove up there it was still a few hours before we could check into our hotel we walked to the town we walked back still not ready so we just sat in the bar had a drink and the woman who i'd been talking to came over and she's like, welcome about everything and talked to us for like 20 minutes gave us a lot of tips of what to do there and things like that so when we got to our room we had the biggest room <laughs> ever it was like two, two it was a two-bedroom suite you were fra- you walked into like a reception area then there was a big bathroom a smaller bedroom and the bed the yeah, bedroom the main insane. bedroom was like as big as our basement practically it's but it was just like what is going on so that was really nice and i gotta tell you i just have to say the northwest coast of ireland is just spectacular where you have cats going crazy. I apologize for that. That's all right. See, we do our podcast down here. We're not nearly as professional as you are, Jesse. So <laughs> no, there's always no. a toilet flushing in the back. <laughs> no, we, no, we just no. Break out laughing whenever yeah. that stuff happens. But no, the Me northwest too. coast of Ireland is spectacular. We went to the, what was it called? Sand Hill. Strand Hill. Strand Hill, which was beautiful. Um, only like a 20 minute drive from our hotel but just amazing walked down the beach collected some rocks it did rain that day a little bit so we did get poured on but we didn't care dried up in a bar where there was a fireplace which was nice and then we'd seen we wanted to do some hiking and david saw on a website for visit dublin that some of the hiking trails that you can do i kid you not in this just instructions it said take the dart which this is, is their back train. in dublin by this is oh yeah, yeah. this is dublin yeah, we, we came back that. i'm so sorry but we, it says, take the dart to Shank Hill, which is the very last stop. Walk to a bar. The beginning of the path is around the bar. And then you just go to climb the, up climb these, mountains. Down these mountains. So we did that. We figured out how to walk, get to the dart. 
how to buy a ticket. The first train came up. I was going to get on the train. And then <laughs> just because it was there, I was like, get on the train. And I had the ticket and the conductor has his window open. I'm like, do you, got, do you go this far? And he's no. So I'm like, okay. And then the next train came. Do you go this far? And he's like, yeah, get on. <laughs> we didn't see, look, when we did the directions is how far once you get off the train to get to this bar, to get to the thing. It was a 15 minute walk and you were walking in a residential neighborhood. Yeah. We had our Google map. She's telling us walk 300 yards, go. We don't have no clue where we're going. And I said, what if we get to this place? And this is nothing in existence. We're <laughs> just like in the what path? I don't know what you're talking about. So we got there and then asked, is Went there a bar and asked? Use the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Then he said, is there an, is the path? And he's like, yeah, go on the right side of the bar and you'll see the little thing. And so we ended up following that. We ended up hiking an hour and a half and made it up this mountain and back. But it was like just, just crazy stuff like that. You just, we always think it's going to work out <laughs> kind of thing. It mostly does, but it's just like fun to do that. So we, we did are, get to see lots of, part of parts of it. When we go places, we kind of We'll take public transportation. We'll go into local grocery stores and stuff. We just like, oh, we also did one. There's a place called, there's a raptor sanctuary called Eagles Flying, which is in County Sligo. And so Sligo is the name of the county, but there's also a town called Sligo. But this is about 15, 20 minutes away from Sligo. And they have, they have eagles and hawks, and falcons and owls and all this really cool stuff. And we're kind of, I've, obsessed with birds for some bizarre reason i just think they're really cool so we're like we have to do this we have to go to this because we saw it on television and they had like bleachers it was outside and everything and so we sat down the guy starts of course he's got like the big hand and he like calls like a giant bird it comes over and does all these tricks and everything and then he's like asking for volunteers to come up i literally wanted to just jump up there and raise it but then they're besides, all these little kids. We were the kids. only like adults. <laughs> so, and the kid, we were like in the second row kind of thing. So I couldn't see who was behind me. And he's like, picks two kids. And it was like a five and a seven year old. And I'm like, yeah. okay, Jennifer, just wait your turn <laughs> and kind of thing. But it was only maybe 18 people who were at the show. So everyone got an opportunity to, I had an owl on my arm. They We got to pet another owl that was big. They had a petting a falcon. thing, a falcon. We didn't so get we were not able to have them land on our arm. That was, that's what we envisioned. Yeah. But it was really cool. These little kids, by the way, fearless, fearless. I, These I'm picturing Jennifer when the foul ball is coming at Wrigley. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, this is my ball. So. I would go for it. De- definitely. <laughs> In our defense, there was, we think there was one other childless couple at the end. It's just like, I'm like, just wait, let these kids have their opportunity to feed the animals. We did not knock any children over. Yeah, we didn't. So that part was fun too, because then we, yeah. And the other thing that was fun about that, we did rent a car, but since some of the places we're going to, it was like confusing how to get there or no parking or whatever. Streets and and some um, of these small towns. So some of our excursions, we just did a cab. Our very first night, the hotel called us a cab to to go to the restaurant. And then the guy's like, how are you guys getting home? We're like, I don't know. And he's like, here's my car. Just call me. So his name was Daniel. And so I would just call him like, hey, Daniel, it's Jennifer from Clayton. We're going here. And he's like, be right there. And then there was a, a hotel that was in the downtown Sligo that was called the Glass House. And so it was very prominent. 
there and popular. So usually we'd end up somewhere around there. And then when we were ready to get back, hey, Daniel, it's Jennifer and David. We're at the glass house. Can you come pick us up and take us back? Be right there. Everything, we never had to wait more than a few minutes. It was insane. So it's almost awesome. like we had a private driver. <laughs> you, know, you did one make one. me smile a couple, gosh, probably 10 years ago. But uh, there was a children's performance of the best Christmas pageant ever. Like it was, and so I'm like, Linda, I really want to go. I love that book. Okay. And so we go, we're the only childless couple there, right? <laughs> There's no one else without yeah. their kids. And Linda's, are you feeling a little creepy? I said, I am feeling a little creepy. I feel like I should go to like, hey, can I borrow one of your kids? Just that, I, right. I, that I, might be yeah. more creepy. <laughs> yes, it might be. Absolutely. You were going to say something. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, the only thing I was going to add is one funny thing is, so when we drove from Sligo back to Dublin, we're a little tired and it happened to be a very warm day and everything like that. So after dinner, we're like, we're not going to the bars or whatever. So we ended up watching, I, I don't know if you're a U2 fan, but it was a kind of a cool documentary with Bono and the Edge and David Letterman. And it was, it's called The Sort of Homecoming. And it was yeah. them talking about, it was Bono and the Edge talking about their songs and their life and everything like that. Now, I know U2 gets, it gets a bad name and whatever. The cool kids don't like them, but they do occupy an interesting place in modern Irish cultural history. And it, that's what this was really about. And it was fascinating for that reason. But the funny thing about it was, we're staying in a hotel that was literally right across the street from the venue where they recorded this concert as part of the documentary. But even better than that, this venue is part of a building that's actually a maternity hospital. That portion of it is no longer used as a maternity hospital. The rest of it is still there. It's called the Rotunda. And in the venue where they recorded this concert at the end of the show was literally the room where both Bono and The Edge were delivered as babies. And yes. it was right, we walk out of our hotel and it's right there we, across we didn't the even know. We, we watched the documentary and everything and then we walk out of the hotel and I'm like, we're like, wait, is that, the, that's where they performed? Yeah. And we're like looking on yeah. the phone and it's like, yeah, it's right there. Uh, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. That's great. That sounds like a great trip. I, it, was yeah. really cool. it, is, it is on my wish list of, I know there's a lot of great places to see Bruce on Europe and I would be happy if someone wants to send me there for free, I would take yes for any of them. But yeah, yeah Scotland and Ireland are two of the tops that I would love to go to. And, and especially yeah. we knew it'd be harder to get tickets here and you don't know what's the future is going to hold after this tour. He may say, you know what, that's it. And not know, you don't know that kind of thing. Yeah. So we just thought we had to take that opportunity just in case our trip yeah. doesn't come again. It was a once in a lifetime thing. Yeah, for and sure. I don't, I'm obviously of Irish descent. I don't think that makes me better than anybody else or any of that kind of thing. I don't buy into that kind of ethnic pride, but it is a meaningful thing to see where your people come from. And it yeah. doesn't matter wh who your people are or where they come from. But to see where your people come from is mm. is a meaningful thing. And, you know. Uh, and it's something we talked about for yeah. the longest time of wanting to do. Yeah. So it was just this, there's the icing on the cake of getting that trip done. So yeah. it was amazing. Good for you. Yeah. All right. So if someone wants to reach you, how can they? And that's, and plug the podcast again. Yes. It's in the shadow of the evening trees.com. You can see we're on episode 25. 
of our podcast. It's a baby podcast. It's a baby podcast, but you can scroll down and see all all our episodes and listen to it from there. And David said they're on every, on Apple. And my, my silly clash thing is even more of a baby podcast, but it's called two minutes 59. And the website is two minutes 59.com. That's a reference to a song called Hitsville UK, not to be confused with Hitsville USA. All right. Clash is homage. Yes. Anyway. And I'm also on Twitter and Mastodon and some of these other social media sites as Dave from TR and the number one. And if you um, like cooking. Now, then... <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, hold on. Let me just give a, a content warning. I'm not very nice to people on social media, as Jesse probably knows. <laughs> I try to be. But yes. Hard. <laughs> I got a lot of problems with you people. Anyway. And then if you like cooking, I have an Instagram recipe, recipes on Instagram at Jen, two ends cooks, and that's all together. And Jeff yeah. is much nicer than I am. <laughs> yes. Also better you at driving get, stick shift on the wrong side. <laughs> this is great, guys. This was so much fun. I'm so <laughs> glad we got a chance to catch up yeah. anytime. And uh, you owe me that clash playlist. I yes. think that would be a fun exploring sure. exploration. Sure. All right listeners please go check out their podcast go check out instagram you know remember to celebrate pride month and let's do something nice for each other for now be kind be safe and we'll talk to you soon goodbye thank you i want and need your feedback you can reach me multiple ways to tell me what you like or don't like about the show you can reach out to give me guest suggestions or maybe to join me on the podcast yourself we're on twitter at set bruce or at Jesse Jackson DFW. I have an Instagram, Set Lusting Bruce, or Jesse Jackson DFW. Our Facebook page, facebook.com slash setlustingbruce. Go to patreon.com slash setlustingbruce to find out how you can support the show. And we have several tiers of support. Please go to your favorite podcast player and hit subscribe. And tell a friend about the podcast because that is the way we're going to grow. If you're not tired of hearing me speak, you can hear me on Next Stop Everywhere, the Doctor Who podcast, where Charles Skaggs and I talk all things Doctor The How Many podcast, where me and my friends Gary, Scott, Bob, and Jr. talk pop culture. And finally, my newest podcast, The Last Best Hope for Conversation, a Babylon 5 podcast, where Karen, Lou, and I are going through the TV show Babylon 5 one episode at a time. I am always looking for guests, so please reach out to me, setlustingbruce at gmail.com. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Set Lusting Bruce. The theme for Settlers was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.